Welcome to the Wallace Summer Learning Podcast Series. I am Polly Singh, Senior Program Officer at the Wallace Foundation and the host for today's episode. In this series, we'll be delving into an important area of our learning and enrichment portfolio at Wallace, summer learning. Wallace's support for summer learning started more than a decade ago, and one of the organizations that we partnered with early on was the National Summer Learning Association. NSLA has been at the forefront of changing the narrative around summer as a time of opportunity. Once the pandemic hit and the importance of summer became even more pronounced, NSLA joined forces with the Council of Chief State School Officers, CCSSO, on a compelling endeavor. Together, they pilot an effort to support state education agency leaders committed to implementing a broad vision for equity in summer learning, one that moves beyond remediation and credit recovery and engages more students and community partners to boost academic achievement, social and emotional learning goals, while influencing teaching and learning throughout the year. Informational webinars are available to all states, with nine states receiving intensive technical assistance provided by consultants. Joining me are four people involved in this network to share their reflections. Kathleen Earhart serves as Summer Learning Advisor to CCSSO. Mashana Council is a consultant working with NSLA. Raquel Gwynn is an education specialist in the Oregon State Office of Teaching, Learning, and Assessment. And Corey Radish is Acting Director at the Office of Learning, Support, and Intervention in New Jersey. Thank you all for being here. Let's start by setting the stage. Mashana, why are the summer months important for kids? Thanks, Polly. It's good to be here with you all. Um, I think one of the things that we know is summer has always been important. The National Summer Learning Association has been doing this work for over 30 years to really combat the summer learning loss um, and to close the achievement and opportunity gaps, which we know present themselves even more in the summertime. Our vision has always been to ensure that all young people in America, regardless of background, income, zip code, can participate in and benefit from a high quality summer learning experience every single year. We talk about uh, what's called the faucet theory and this notion that when summer is out, many of the resources that young folks have access to, whether it's a caring adult, it's lunch, um, it's being able to access reading materials. Many of that goes away when the summer comes. And so that gap in learning uh, really does take place during the summertime. When we discuss the importance of summer learning, we really are discussing ways to promote equity, create opportunity, and build community. So again, I'd say summer, summer has always mattered. What's important is that you found that we have had shared community, we've had shared young people, we've had shared need, but now with the emphasis on summer learning, especially in the education space, we're able to have a shared vision and a shared language. Um, I think one of the things when we start to think of what was summer school and what did we know it to want to be, it was remedial and it was about the academic drill. Um, it was about disengaging and it was perhaps more punitive. It was mandatory for some students, but not 
for all. And so part of the work has really been in redefining what does summer learning look like? And that becomes an opportunity to really focus on new and accelerated learning. It becomes an opportunity to get outside of the building that it can happen in a variety of settings and locations. It's more comprehensive. It can be project-based. And so it really begins to, again, uh, create an opportunity for teachers and students alike um, to be able to really explore what it means during these summer months and how to take advantage of them. The other thing one at NSLA, we talk about the four eyes of summer, that it's an opportunity for improvement for both students and staff. It's an opportunity for innovation. So young folks and adults can begin to just try out new experiences and activities to learn a bit, little bit more, um, whether that's STEM programming, um, whether it's hands-on in the arts, it's an opportunity for interconnection. And so what you get begin to see is a lot of community organizations and also districts and school buildings coming together to really create the experience for young people. But it's also an opportunity to deepen the impact and really allow young people to tap into not just their academic side, but also the enrichment side of learning um, and gives more young people an opportunity to engage in that way. Summer has always mattered, um, and we know that it will continue to matter for our young people. Thank you, Mashana. I definitely see your point that summer gives young people a chance to bring their whole identity, not just their academic identity, but their whole selves in terms of both the academic and enrichment piece and to test out new skills. I love that innovation angle. With that in mind, Kathleen, tell us about why CCSSO and NSLA partnered to create this network and what the network does. Thanks, Polly. CCSSO and NSLA, supported by the Wallace Foundation, partnered to elevate the importance of summer and out-of-school learning at the state level in early 2021, and it has been a great partnership. We began with a series of universal technical assistance webinars for all states that elevated existing summer learning resources that came through NSLA and Wallace. Initially, we weren't certain that states would be interested in the topic of summer learning. It is not something that's historically been a state venture, but we had a huge level of interest. Our first webinar in March, we had more than 40 states attending. By April, we had commitments from nine states to engage teams who would build knowledge, advance quality program standards, and begin planning for statewide initiatives. We encourage states to build teams across internal divisions, as well as including external partners, such as community-based organizations who were providing summer experiences for students. With COVID came challenges to how states would support summer learning, but thankfully, they received resources in the form of SRARP funding to sustain their work. States have devoted millions of dollars for districts and partnering community-based organizations to develop summer learning, after-school, and tutoring programs. Putting together both need and opportunity, the timing was right to support states in this work. Great. That's a really great point about timing and, you know, the, just the serendipitous nature in which we found out about ESSER happening just as this project was getting started Mashana, you serve as a coach to some of these states. What's been the most surprising thing for you so far? 
Yeah, great, great question. I'll say that I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, working with the states and being able to um, have a fresh perspective into this work. You know, the National Summer Learning Association works with over 15,000 leaders of school districts, youth serving organizations, government agencies, nonprofits, like all of the folks who have an opportunity to connect with young people. My sister is an educator in the state of Virginia, and I've always worked in the out-of-school time world, running after-school programs. And so we would get together for years. We've had family conversations about, it's not that different. I just happen to you know, serve the young people when they get off the bus at three o'clock, and you're greeting them first thing in the morning at 7.30. From the nonprofit side, there's always been the question, well, why can't we partner with schools differently? We are serving the same young people. They're getting off of the bus. How do we make sure that that connection can be stronger? And so one of the things that I think has been surprising in this work is understanding that while we promote partnerships and we've asked state agencies to look outside and to think of who those strategic partnerships are, what I've found is that it also is about looking internally and understanding this cross-departmental approach to being able to answer the call to summer learning and even year-round learning. That's great. I really see the opening of the aperture for more folks to be at the table to inform how summer learning is shaped locally. I want to turn to our leaders from our two states, New Jersey and Oregon. Raquel, why was your state interested in participating in this network? You're from Oregon. What has that work looked like? Yeah, thank you, Polly. First, I just want to say I'm so honored to be a part of this group with these wonderful people that I've had the privilege to get to know over these many months. And um, so thank you for your invitation. Mashana, I thought you were talking about us <laughs> in your response. Uh, basically, you, you, you named it. Um, when we first started, we were a part of a group led by the United States Department of Education. And we were participating as a team with our community partners. We were also focused on co-creating a Oregon Summer Collaborative that was bringing together our state agency, our community partners, culturally specific organizations, philanthropy, and other educational leaders, school and district partners, bringing all of them together. And we were making great strides. But what was also true was that we had some internal agency work to do. Summer learning was um, somewhat siloed, and it was focused on individual grants. So mainly our Title I-C program, Migrant Education program, our Title IV-B program, which is our 21st Century Community Learning Centers grant. And we also had one state-funded program, our Student Success Act Summer Learning Grant. And while these grants were doing some amazing work, the one thing that we didn't have was a comprehensive approach across not only these programs, but across our entire agency. And because it was somewhat siloed, we weren't doing a great job of integrating in a meaningful and purposeful way into the school day. So, of course, when this opportunity came about, I was really excited, number one, because we could harness the expertise of CCSSO and NSLA, and it came with a coach. You know, how great is that? Um, I was a, an instructional coach in some of my past uh, lives in education, and I know the deep value of having that outside person who has an elevated perspective, a national perspective, to help coach our team. And it's just been invaluable. 
Also, the opportunity to work with other state agencies and a right-sized group. There's nine states. And we've had some, some great collaboration time. We've been able to uh, work on similar problems of practice. And through this work, um, it's elevated in our agency and beyond the potential of summer learning. And um, we're in a much better place. And um, we're excited to continue. And there's a lot more work to do. Yes, this work is never ending is what we're finding. Corey, how did this work in New Jersey? How did you get started? First and foremost, I want to thank CCSSO, the Wallace Foundation, and NSLA for this opportunity to represent New Jersey. And the way that it came about was an email from our commissioner to me asking if I was interested in being the liaison for the department with the nine-state cohort. Of course, I jumped at the opportunity to get involved and increase my role here at the department. But realistically, we really need to thank our, our commissioner and her vision as, as a champion for equity. Uh, she realized the space of summer needed transformation uh, from that traditional approach that people have talked about previously in their responses and looking to really transform what summertime learning can look like. Uh, so it really started with that email to join the State Summer Learning Network. And from there, through her vision in reorganizing the divisions and offices in the department, she created a office that was dedicated to summer programming and out-of-school time programming. We also have a, this office is called the Office of Learning Intervention and Support. It also has a focus on learning acceleration uh, throughout the year as well. So due to her vision and her foresight, you know, we're really fortunate here in New Jersey to have an office. We just gained some staff members, which I'm excited to bring into the fold. But what we started to learn through uh, these meetings, like Raquel was talking about, and interacting with other states, is we saw we had a lot of similarities across the nation, uh, that we did need to increase the capacity at the state level, as well as in our local education agencies. So one of the things that we did right out of the gate was we created a data landscape survey. We disseminated it out to the field right before school started. And just as New Jersey schools do, they rose to the occasion. Uh, we had over 300 responses from districts sharing their summer learning programming. Uh, and we were able to collect really good data to see where these programs fell as far as being transformational versus traditional, how they use their ARP and ESSER funds and what other funds they were using. Did they partner with community-based organizations? And it provided us an opportunity to kind of create a needs assessment to see where the support would continue to flow. And one of the resulting issues that became that came from the data that we collected was creating some targeted technical assistance for our districts and really trying to take what we do and motivate, not mandate, right? We want to motivate our, our districts and our schools and our leaders and our teachers and our students that, you know, there is such a benefit to working uh, and learning. And also, let's not forget having fun in the summer uh, and creating those learning opportunities and experiences that students may normally uh, not receive, and then seeing if we can transfer that into the 10-month school year and also measure student outcomes. So it's really been exciting uh, starting a new office and, and you know being a steward of the commissioner's vision and really working towards increasing everyone's capacity in the summer learning arena. That's really great to hear. 
Part of getting started involves coming together to set a vision around what you want your summer programming to be, what you want both the children and the adults to experience. Tell us about that process, Corey. I think we'll start with you because you've already started to describe some of that. Um, If you could just tell us a little bit more. I think anytime we're looking at transformation in any industry, uh, you really have to address mindsets and heart sets. You know, even if we know some change is, is worthwhile and beneficial, if we're changing the way people work without looking at the culture, without looking at their mindset, uh, it's probably going to fall on deaf ears or even cause uh, some contention. So I think it's incumbent upon leaders to really build the capacity by looking at the purpose of summer learning, providing data that supports mitigating the summer slide, so to speak, and really looking at what it does for kids and how it changes the possibilities for all kids that are involved, particularly if you're looking at summer learning, right? Creating those experiences. For example, we have a a district here in New Jersey, who it's a shore town, uh, but many of those kids don't go to swimming pools. They don't go in the ocean. So they work on their ELA, they work on their math, and then they have an opportunity for swim lessons uh, and to do some beach expeditions. And that transfers into the 10 month school year, because as you're going through your coursework, you may have uh, some literature that you're reading that talks about the beach, could talk about beach erosion. And now they have that prior experiences. So, you know, creating those opportunities is really steeped in increasing equity and equitable practices in schools. And then we also looked at the opportunity to increase our partnerships with community-based organizations. Uh, And that was one of the focus of our technical assistance was sharing other districts in New Jersey and the great work that they were doing with the partners in their communities, whether it was external, as far as going out to different opportunities for the students, or bringing partnerships in from the community to help teach some courses uh, to help uh, mentor certain students that were looking to go to a certain track. So, you know, it was really, it's really been a whirlwind. We see the benefits of providing the technical assistance and, and resources, and we're looking forward to continuing this great work. That's really great. Raquel, uh, share with us your process. I, I think the heart of our vision is embodied in our tagline of all things of our summer learning best practice guide and the companion toolkit. It says cultivating joy, connection, and curiosity in well-rounded summer learning. We've received a lot of attention um, from this tagline, honestly, which surprised us. Um, our guide was released during a time when there was much uncertainty with the pandemic messages about a dying planet and global warming, the murder of George Floyd, lack of civil discourse from our leaders. And oh, by the way, if that wasn't enough, your learning has been lost and you might not ever make that up. So the messages that we're sending our kids and that they're hearing from us in countless ways are saying the world that we live in today might be worse tomorrow. And that is the exact definition of anxiety. So we, we knew we needed some balance. We needed to tap into hope and build life-giving programs where students can connect, foster relationships, spark joy, and deepen natural curiosity. 
if we're going to be able to tackle these problems, we need to lead from a place of hope and not fear, which can be paralyzing. So what we know to be true is that learning happens everywhere and our schools are bursting with talent. The unique assets and gifts that each child brings, um, we need to tap into that for the collective benefit of our country. So, you know, this space, this expanded learning, that's what we call it here in Oregon, which includes summer, before school and after school, this space um, is so rich and has so much to offer. And we're also really lucky here in Oregon to have um, just such quality leadership under the direction of our agency director, Colt Gill, and our assistant superintendent, Jennifer Patterson. We had already had a deep vision and it is grounded in equity. It's our strategic plan. Everything we do is grounded in equity. All we needed to do really was connect with our school and district and our community partners to make sure we were on the right path. So our vision here in Oregon is based on four pillars. So the first pillar is connection as the foundation of learning, connection in the way that we learn and make meaning through hands-on inquiry-based learning, but also in relationships. And we've been saying relationships a lot lately, and we're feeling that um, it's almost glossed over and the word almost isn't large enough to capture how important relationships are. Um, it really takes only one significant adult to change the trajectory of a student's life. One significant adult. So in our minds, let's, let's stack the deck here and let's get as many adults um, in front of kids um, to extend a hand as possible. The second pillar is strength-based student voice and choice. So we know learning happens best when educators actively uplift and center a student's prior knowledge and view it as an asset for learning rather than a problem to overcome. So when we tap into student interests by providing enriching youth development opportunities like music and art and woodshop and robotics and hiking and give them choices in these activities, um, we know it's really powerful. We're, oh, we're also really excited about a new survey that we just released, a statewide student voice survey. So we do that during the school day, and then we're also doing it. It's called our Summer Seed Survey. So we're eager to see those results from this summer to help us inform and improve and really create these programs that are meaningful for students. The third pillar is co-creation and innovation. So co-creation and co-learning with students, families, and communities, um, we know that when we do that together as a community, it ensures that the specific context of the community, its history and cultures, assets and challenges, needs and dreams are integrated within the program. And the fourth is purposeful outreach and engagement. Um, summer programs are voluntary, right? You can build it, but they might not come. So if you don't have purposeful outreach and engagement, um, you, the program will not be as successful as it needs to be. So our summer learning best practice guide and toolkit incorporates the work of every office in ODE that sounds easy, hard to do, right? It really is. It's hard to do. Um, 
So this with our, our community partners and then a uh, purposeful focus on the integration within our agency, um, we've been able to create these resources and guides. And our hope is that we'll be able to iterate upon them year after year. And as we learn more, we'll build more and create these supports to best serve our students and families. And like I said before, you know, the work has just begun. Oh, absolutely. And I hear you about the continuous improvement that you have to build in as you think about these systems and really being responsive to the needs of children and families. As we wrap up, Kathleen, if someone isn't involved in this network, but would like to learn from it, where can they go? Thanks, Polly. Some examples of how states are utilizing resources can be found on one of our CCSSO websites. Go to ccsso.org forward slash blog. And in that post, you'll find a link to the Summer Learning Network page. There you can view state examples of approaches to summer learning, access resources mentioned today, view past webinars on various topics. Uh, Things that we've done so far include approaches to programming, staffing, funding, data collection, just to name a few. Our webinars are open to all states and information about attending future events can be found at that website. Wonderful. Thank you all so much. I want to thank each of the four speakers for joining me today. And thank you to our listeners for joining us as well. If you want to learn more about research on summer learning that Wallace has commissioned, you can go to our website at www.wallacefoundation.org. 